Hello and welcome to The Social, brought to you by the London and Irish Mags. I am Simon and I'm joined by two very weather-beaten, sleepy gentlemen in the form of Freddie and Tev. How are you doing, boys? Hello. All good. Pretty knackered. <laughs> I think, I'm struggling to think about how intense the last few weeks have been. Um if you thought the final was intense, my goodness, Champions League football plus League football plus League Cup football, mm. it takes it out of you. Um, I don't know about you, Tev. Yeah, no, it was intense. I don't know. It was like it was like a utopia of Newcastle fans all around the world. And that was in Eindhoven. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got to Dortmund. So yeah, no, it was it was fantastic, but it was it was it was an experience, let's say. Would you say, Freddie? Yeah, I think so, definitely, mate. I mean, I think there's just absolutely so much to cover. Um, we've been all over. You're literally zigzagging across it. Um, you know, but that's it. That's what we do, isn't it? It is that's what we do. It is. Um, I'm just so so thankful to have you both on the, the podcast today. We were talking about doing this last week uh, for the listeners, um, and it got to like 20 minutes before we were supposed to record on Friday, and then me and Fred were just like, Nah, we can't do it this week, can we? There's, there's too much going on. I thought it was ambitious to even plan something, considering you'd been in every part of Eastern Europe. <laughs> well, I think so. I think the, the sort yeah. of resounding news from everyone, from everyone that went to Dortmund last week, is that everyone's got ill. So I think every, everyone is just. I, I, I think a combination of being standing out in the cold for quite a lot, a lot of yeah. traveling, airplanes, uh, and the air conditioning that comes on that. And also the zigzag in the trains, which we'll come oh, on to a bit later. <laughs> I think as well, I have an intolerance for beer for the past week, I think post-dormant. So every time I look at beer, I get PTSD of like 250 pints. So um, yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. boys. Um, well, we will get into Dortmund and the madness that follows. Um, we'll get into that later on in the show. But let's, uh, let's start off with Saturday um, against Bournemouth because... Wasn't exactly the happiest return for Eddie Howe. Um, it was a nil-nil that we went to last year, uh, two-nil uh, loss this year. He's, he's yet to win, <laughs> yet to win for us at the Vitality Stadium, but who cares? Um, obviously, we, we've got about fourteen players. I think it's, I think it's something like 12 first team players out at the moment, all with pretty serious injuries. We lost McGee on uh, Saturday, and some fans thought that wasn't a good result to lose 2-0 at Bournemouth with about 12 to 13 first teamers out. Um, obviously, it wasn't the best result, but the, the fallout that's happened since is all a little bit mad, Fred. Yeah, I think I think there's lots of things going on here. Mm. I think, firstly, all credit to the team. They've gone down there and yep. they're absolutely knackered. I mean, imagine all credit to any fan that went down to Bournemouth after doing Man United, Arsenal and Dortmund in a row. I'm looking at you, Ryan. Um, all credit to anyone that's gone and done that I think is fantastic I think it really is I think if you think about the players they must be absolutely shattered we've got so many injuries we just never looked like getting into any sort of second gear did we really I think we were really poor and I think when people are, are saying about Lewis Miley starting and all of that that's fantastic but at the same time it's not going to win us Premier League games at the moment and I think Richie coming on after 20-25 minutes it just set the scene, didn't it? We're all over the shop. We're trying to pull things together. We're desperate for the international break. These injuries have hit us a lot harder than any sort of other team. So we're suffering from a lot of that. And I think we're suffering 
in that's on the pitch and I think in the stands there is a little bit of we've discussed previously there's loads of changes going on at the club about ticketing people are a bit suspicious of each other I mean I've heard reports of people seeing American football hats and things like that and then saying are you from America or you're a tourist and it's just we're all in the wrong mood at the moment and I think Mm, we're adjusting to a lot of changes on the pitch and having to travel to a lot more games it's Mm -hmm. exciting it's amazing on one hand on the other hand I think everyone just needs a bit of a break I've never wanted an international break more (laughs) I think the international break is going to be good for the club and for Freddie um but (laughs) I with the with the fans and like the wearing American football caps and are you a tourist you're a fan etc can I say something quite controversial where I really don't think it matters? I think like you're there to just have no, yeah. you're just you're just there to like as long as you're there supporting Newcastle, I don't give a mm. fuck. Like it'd be a bit rubbish if you're supporting Bournemouth in the away end. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like that sort of stuff is the stuff that we can certainly help with. All the other yeah. stuff I think is kind of in the hands of the club. And like mm. if you're if you're going to an away day questioning why people are there. That's that's not in the spirit of of supporting your team, especially on an away day, in my opinion. Yeah, I think, look, firstly, you're absolutely right. The only thing I can try and do is give some context as to how this madness is going on. And I think it's that once you start saying that you can't transfer tickets to your mates, you can't do this, and then people on the home ticket front are seeing astronomical resale tickets going up and the reasons of £300 for a ticket in St. Mm. Jason's Park. I think what's missing is the club actually speaking. And I think what it's left is you you create a vacuum and then people lose their heads and you've got all sorts of like the worst voices happening now. And I think that's the sort of tragedy about this all is that with with a little bit of better communication, these things don't happen. And when people don't say anything at all, it just leaves space for people to turn to the worst, Um, you know, but... I think you're absolutely right, Simon. It doesn't matter who you are. If, you, if you're supporting the club, I think that's fantastic. The only thing that I'm bothered about is that you fill your seat and you're going to sing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and we sort of saw all of that kind of come to a head uh, at the end when those fans, uh, uh, to, be, to be fair, it was a very small section of fans. I literally saw the two people being filmed. Um, get into a bit of a heated debate with uh, Kieran Trippier. Tev, what did you, what did you make of that? I think it goes back to what Freddie was kind of saying. We probably needed this international break. I think the lads are playing out of their skin. Yeah. Like, we don't have the squad that we had to, at the start of the season, you know. Look at the injuries that we have. We have Harvey Barnes with a broken toe. Dan Byrne, his back. Tenali on a bit. <laughs> like, there's so many people that are gone for some for reasons that, like, it's beyond Eddie Howe or Jason Tindall's control, you know. So... We're playing players like Miley. We're playing players that are from the under-21s. You know, this is not like we're playing Richie at the 21st minute. Like, give the players a bit of slack, you know? And they're playing a lot in, in between games. Now, when it comes to kind of January, February, when we have all our players back and we're, we've lost a loot in a way or et cetera, I get it. But right now, we don't have the squad to warrant kind of saying, oh, well, Trippier, you've done this, et cetera. Think about what he's done for the club, Trippier, you know, and all the other players. So it's not the time to kind of get on their backs. It's the time to kind of support them. But knowing that we're, we, like, we're down to the bare bones, you know, so I don't agree with what the fan did. But I do know that the fan did apologise on Facebook. And look, we, we talk about mental health. We talk about these things. Let's not go against what we kind of advocate just because one, somebody made a mistake. He's kind of said, sorry, Let's move on. But it was a stupid kind of argument to make with Trippier, you know? 
Yeah, totally. And uh, I'm really pleased you brought up the fact that he has apologised because um, it's obviously as a fan podcast we need to talk about it. But he he held his hand up within a couple of hours mm. after the event and just said sorry. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll move on. Uh, one thing I did, um, I saw a tweet basically saying like at the end of the transfer window, we'd come out of the transfer window with essentially two players in each position, which is mm. pretty good squad depth. And now we're in a position where some positions don't even have one player that just goes to show how kind of mental it is at the moment and yeah like when was the last time Dan Byrne missed a game and he just falls awkwardly and he hurts mm. his back and that's just that makes him the 12th person out it we're just going through a, a really bizarre state at the moment um, and I think it's really important that, that we remember that as well can I just be not specifically not a Jurgen Klopp apologist here? <laughs> Definitely not about to say that, but I don't think I, I've never really taken it seriously about having the whole so many more games will affect you. By God, they have. And I think like not just the games, it's the intensity of the games. If you think about how how much the lads had to had to perform at Dortmund. You know, and having Dortmund, I mean, if you think about Dortmund being potentially the biggest challenge yet, having those games back to back, so the home game and then the away game, plus in the middle of that, a League Cup game and the game, at like, let's say, top four challenges against Arsenal, the intensity of what we've had to do is absolutely outrageous. I, I didn't think, I'll be honest, I, I was sceptical about it being a thing. It's definitely a thing. And it's something that, I mean, we'll talk about this, I suppose, as we come on to last week and talking about our travels in Germany, but there's one thing in my head thinking like it wouldn't be such a bad thing if we dropped out of some of these competitions now because we're sort of coasting towards a 10th place finish yeah mm-hmm. it's a it's an interesting point that actually oh, by the way i love the fact you spent two days in dortmund and now you love Jurgen Klopp. um <laughs> 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 that's funny also um, everywhere <laughs> yeah yeah some murals and everything um yeah i, I i've been having this uh <laughs> debate with myself uh but i've often wondered like let's say let's say we finish third in the Champions League group stage right and then we go into the Europa League I personally think we could win the Europa League um and I I think that like winning the Europa League would be an incredible trophy for us to win for the first time in 65 years um but I also really do feel that the more competitions we're in the harder the league is going to become a priority so my question to you both is let's say I'm going to give you three options one, we progress in, uh, out of the group stages and we probably get knocked out relatively soon after that. Um, the second scenario is we finish third and we could go on to probably have a very, very good run, possibly even make it to the final Wimber Cup in the Europa League. Or we get knocked out and we can just concentrate on the Carabao and then the Premier League and probably the FA Cup as well. Which of those three would you two choose? I think for us, we need to be consistent. Obviously, like we don't want to be a Leicester where we make the Champions League, we have a good run, and then we're in the Championship. But I think we need to be consistent. We have the money. So for me, definitely it would be maybe finishing third in Champions League group. Obviously, we try our best. But I'd rather us come fourth or fifth in the Premier League, go have a nice Europa League um, run. By the way, the finals in Dublin, by the way, in the view of Eva. But <laughs> I'd rather do that with the view of being consistent in in fourth or fifth every single season for the next two, three or four seasons. That allows us multiple transfer windows to get it right. Look at the fixtures that we have. Look at the players' injuries. Really and truly, nothing like this will ever really, really happen again. 
yeah. the next kind of few. No, touch wood. But like this is this is this is madness. What yeah. we we're, what we're going through now. It's madness. Mm. I like that. What about you, Fred? Uh, I'm really torn because on the one part, I want to see a Europa League final in Dublin because I want to see what Tev could organise. <laughs> um, you know, I'd love to see that. Um, on the other hand, I think for me, and sorry if I'm being negative, but I think we drop out altogether. But we give it a go. But the ideal scenario is that we drop out, finish fourth, because we're in the quarterfinal of the Carabao Cup. And I think if you look at Chelsea, the way they sort of played last night, they, they score goals, yeah, but they definitely concede goals. They're the ideal team for us to play. I'm not afraid to go to Stamford Bridge away at all. And I think that we could do them in that quarterfinal. And then I, I think we've got unfinished business in that Carabao Cup. I, I may be speaking from a perspective of the amount of work that the London Supporters Club put in around that last year. But I just think if we could go back and do that this year, having taken out City, having taken out Man United, having taken out potentially, hopefully, maybe Chelsea away, yeah. I think it's set up for the only people in our way is Liverpool. And I think doing that, I think, would mean more because we'd have a better run of getting in the Champions League again next year. It's a, it's a very, very good argument. Um or I'm going to sit on the fence and say both of those are perfect. <laughs> those are both great scenarios. <laughs> um, but no, I do. I do agree. Uh, I, I do agree with both of you. Um, Fred, I think you've probably made a slightly more convincing argument because as you said, we've already knocked most of the big boys out already. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I can't remember where I saw it, but I think it was on the, the overlap maybe last year where Spurs, a Spurs fan was telling a Newcastle fan to win a trophy as soon as possible because you don't want that. Uh, yeah. like you don't want that monkey on your back because if we yeah. win a trophy within two years of the ownership, then they can't throw anything at us really of the fans. Yeah, yeah. Also, I'm knackered. I'm absolutely shattered from this. <laughs> like, it's no one else. Like, this is. I mean, I, I, I love the team and I love us to do well, but my god, my god, give us a break. <laughs> well. Should we talk about your uh, lovely European break that you that you two went on with about four hundred other people? Um, <laughs> let's. Oh. I, I'm ju I'm just gonna put myself on mute and let you boys talk about it because it sounds fucking insane. What, what country do you want to start on, Freddie? <laughs> we'll, we'll have to. I mean, we're gonna set, tell it all, are we? We're, we're warts and all. I think me and Tev flew flew out to Eindhoven on Sunday. You were already there, Tev, I think. Yeah, but... I think it was there on the Saturday, Saturday morning. Yeah, so you must have watched the Arsenal game in Eindhoven. Yeah, yeah, watched in um, the Irish bar down there, which was actually really good. A lot, lot, lot of uh, staff from Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> a lot of staff yeah. from Gavin. So I was there on the Saturday, so I went down. Obviously, I had a different route in mind, but that's quickly changed, didn't it? Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I went down, met with the lads. I met with Joe and I met with a few of the rest. Um, there was a few others as well, a few Irish mags that were there as well. So we went down to watch the game. And then after that, we found ourselves drinking. And that was the moral of the story for the past four days. Well, for the four <laughs> days, <laughs> these countries, we were just watching football, talking about football, talking about the Dorma game, drinking, and then repeat. Um, and then obviously, I met up with yourself, Freddie, the next day. Um, I think it was in... Yeah. yeah. So I think I think we'll, we'll, we'll sort of maybe let people behind the curtain a bit. So 
We had a big event in Dortmund where the club came down. And for those that were there and for those who've seen the social media pictures now, um, Shola Ramiobi came down and had a beer with us for about an hour and a half, which was amazing. And then was followed by Ryan Taylor. And it was all kind of, we had our own venue. Everything was amazing. It was mm. on the morning of the match day. And it was right by Market Square where NUSC had arranged a DJ and everything mm. was brilliant. But how it actually happened was we didn't have a venue 48 hours, even 24 hours until that was going on. So me and Tev met up in Eindhoven on a Sunday. We were looking at trains. And thank God we didn't look at trains because on the way back, they were a nightmare. We ended up getting a coach on the Monday. And me and Tev were kind of frantically sitting on the back of this coach trying to organise <laughs> and ring venues. And if you think like that we don't speak German, they definitely don't understand a, a Dublin accent in, in those guys. <laughs> so I think we ran, we ran, who did we bring? Non-league football clubs, restaurants, pubs. Restaurants, the whole lot. I was told to, hold, say that again slower. Every single time. Um, they just didn't understand me. I don't know. Maybe it's an issue for them, not for me. It's their issue. But we're just ringing anybody and everybody just trying to organize this location whereby I think the club were kind of texting Freddie going, what's the story? Where are we going? And we're like, eh. <laughs> and, that's, and that's where panic was sort of setting in. I think my favorite response that Tev got was that there was one hotel that could do everything and were happy to do it, but said no because it was too spontaneous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> again it was one of those things but we we ended up getting into Dortmund around 2pm on Monday and shout yeah. out to my brother George and also to Phil who were in a bar that we turned up to and said right this is perfect we're going to use this and Phil sort of cobbled together some German and was able to kind of book the venue for the next morning Unreal. and they all worked out well and like I have to say on that um, on that Tuesday morning when Shola Amiobi came into the bar he got the warmest reception and there was all sorts of photos taken. He signed our London mags, showed her on a bike on London Bridge uh, flag. So that oh, is, we don't know what to do with that since then. But I was really pleased to see that Shoulder was brilliant. He spent, you know, more than 45 minutes that he was supposed to spend. He came down for an hour and a half, was shaking hands. It was great to see members of the London mags and Irish mags being able to have a chat with a legend. And then Ryan Taylor showed up afterwards. Again, it was just one of those crazy, crazy days, but it was really, really good that we managed to fulfil that. Yeah, um, lads, I gotta say, watching it, obviously, I wasn't in, um, wasn't in Dortmund or Eindhoven or wherever fuck you else went. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wasn't there with you. Uh, I was there in spirit, but seeing it on social media has just been absolutely brilliant. Seeing seeing Shola like that video with Shola and the fans, and also seeing Ryan Taylor. I saw him like on Twitter being like, "I'll be there later, lads." Absolutely. Brilliant. Did he say that? I vaguely remember seeing something from him, be like, "Yeah, I'll be there later." Uh, I can't remember who he who he tweeted, but yeah, that's yeah. just it's been fantastic to watch, and I'm I'm so so glad it all worked out the way it did. Yeah, it it was amazing. It was one of those things where I think a lot of people were saying, "We don't know whether that's going to happen again because if we get better and better and keep going into the Champions League, I don't think you're going to have yeah. that amount of people that were out there." I mean, we were in Dortmund. <laughs> There was, they reckon there was about 20,000 mags out in out in uh, Germany for it. They reckon about 80% was in Dusseldorf. So anyone that was in Dusseldorf, we won't know, but the pictures and the videos looked amazing from there. Um, so we had a spectacular uh, day and then we went on to the match, didn't we, Tev? Yeah, yeah, the match was fantastic. Just before we go, it was actually fantastic just to see the amount of supporters group talking to it amongst each other as well. Because yeah. you know we were talking with the the um in terms of London mags and Irish mags, but it was great to kind of see so many people who didn't have tickets at all, but coming together and kind of having the having the crack together. You know, um, I think Sai was very has been well received by the Irish mags when he whipped out his um 
object, let's say. Um, <laughs> is, this, <laughs> is, this, is this the wooden uh, bottle opener? The, the yeah, bottle opener. The thick one. Um, so, yeah, that was great. But it was so great to kind of see people kind of liaise with each other. Um, in terms of the game itself, um, it kind of goes back to Borma as well. I just think, I think from my point of view, because I was near the yellow wall, I think we are... A, some of our players were a bit starstruck in terms of the atmosphere that was generated that day. The yeah. actual yellow wall was incredible to see, yeah. but I just think some of our players probably didn't show up. But again, it's lots of injuries. We're going away day in Dortmund. and we just look at the games we played previously in terms of Arsenal, Manchester United. We can't expect the world from people, from players who are playing every three or four days where we have half a squad. What do you think, Freddie? Well, I think I would just say in terms of atmosphere, atmosphere I think you hit the nail on the head like I've never seen a home atmosphere be able to carry a game like that like I mean maybe for us but to be honest we have we know this anyone knows this we have to score early at St James's Park to maintain the atmosphere otherwise we go a bit quiet and I think Jesus in Dortmund I've never seen a home crowd like it everyone was on their feet everyone was going for it I think it's culturally very very different and it was very it was almost like we couldn't get a song off the ground. Like usually yeah. the away end, if you go if you go to Fulham, if you go to Craven Cottage or Stamford Bridge, there's periods of time where the home end are completely silent, sat on their hands, and we're singing away. It just was never anything that when we were in full voice, we still couldn't get over the home crowd. They um no like on the telly, um you could just tell that you basically just sort of drowned out, not in like an aggressive yeah. way or anything. It's just a it's a constant hum. That sometimes gets a little bit louder, but it never drops below a certain uh, percent, essentially. And when you're trying to compete with that, that's what the, the Dortmund fans are fans are used to. Um, what did you we... find it was like watching it on the telly, Simon? Um, emotional, to be honest. Uh, it was. It was. I. I don't know. I don't know why, because again, we didn't give us the best account of ourselves. We we looked we looked tired, um, and I feel like the occasion probably was a little bit too big for some of our players. Again, this isn't a dig. This is just, it's a yeah. learning curve. We're in the very, very early stages. We're two years into this ownership and we're in the Champions League. Some of these players aren't ready for the Champions League, especially in moments like this against uh, Dortmund. So that's kind of how it felt. But to be honest, I didn't didn't begrudge anyone playing. Like, I, we just, we, we got outplayed by a better side who were used to this sort of environment. Um, but yeah, it was quite emotional because obviously I knew how many of you boys were there and, and were enjoying it. Um, I just tried to take as many positives mm. as possible from it, to be honest. Yeah, it was it was outstanding. And I think, like I say, we all just sort of had a quiet beer afterwards and it was it was great. It's one for the ages that we'll always remember mm. and never yeah. forget. I That's... just wish it was an easier journey home because <laughs> if, anyone, oh, if, if anyone asks you, oh, our German train's good. No, it's a myth. <laughs> They're awful. They're terrible. I took a train from Dortmund to Dusseldorf. I tried to take a train from Dusseldorf to Venlo to fly back from Eindhoven. Venlo, no, stop us, dropped us the station before. No cabs in town. Ryan Brady had to get a cab from a pet shop in the middle of somewhere outside Venlo that drove us all the way to Eindhoven. And I made our flight in five minutes, five minutes to spare. Unreal. So, God bless Eindhoven Airport. However, German trains, sort yourselves out, lads. Um, got got an update from Sai as well. Who I'm guessing you boys know this. Yes. He, he he got a cab from Eindhoven to Dortmund or wherever it was. <laughs> he got a cab from Dortmund to Eindhoven. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I, 
I, hands up, I didn't even know that was possible, to be honest. <laughs> well, I, I didn't like... know it was possible mentally <laughs> to consider <laughs> this. <laughs> I'm real. Oh, boys. Um, oh, what we do for the mags, eh? What exactly. We do for the mags. I got to say, though, like, um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't even there and I felt like incredibly, just incredibly happy for you all. And just it was it was really something to see it all come together. Um, so well done, boys. Um, we've literally got two and a half minutes left. So, Fred, do you want to give a very quick shout out about Rob Lee and then we'll call it a day? Yes, we do. So the TNT live recording event of the Football's On comedy show is coming to Headliners. It's been a venue change. It's at Headliners in Chiswick. And it's going to be on the 22nd of November. Tickets are still available. And we're very pleased and proud to announce that Rob Lee will be the very special guest. So if you want to come and meet Rob Lee, if you want to get stuff signed, if you want to come and listen to a whole host of other comedians and talk about NUFC and ask anything you want to Rob Lee, tickets are on sale now. The links are available via an email update that's going out today or on the WhatsApp chats. And you can buy tickets there. And we'd love to see you down there. Yeah. Sounds perfect. Lads, thank you so much. Um, and obviously, if you want to get a picture with Tev, it's a good time because he's going to be there as well. But, uh, you know, get your requests <laughs> in early. He's, he's a busy guy. Busy guy. <laughs> no, no shout outs. Um, yeah, lads, thank you very much. This has been fantastic. So lovely to see you both. Um, and next week we will record, but we'll also be doing some comedy, I guess. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Wish us luck. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening, everyone. Um, and we'll see, we'll hopefully see as many as we can of you guys uh, next week when we do the footballs on. Up the mags. Up the, Up mags. the mags. Well done, boys. See you in a bit. <laughs>